0: Fomi was spying on Trump. The reason he was writing the memos was to create a record so that he could destroy No American knowingly colluded with the Russians to interfere in our election campaigns. Oh, wait. Unless you mean Hillary Clinton. Pardons, prosecutions, and transparency. You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hey, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our latest weekly update. Thanks for joining us this week. It's been a sad week. We've uh, lost the uh, great Rush Limbaugh. I guess I'll share a few words about that. Uh, We have two new major lawsuits, one about BLM critical race theory, racialist propaganda in a classroom and the punishment a parent suffered after his complaining about it. Plus, Judicial Watch wants to know what Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are hiding from you, the American people, about the Capitol Hill riot on January 6. Uh, so uh, an important discussion this week. And I'm particularly angry this week because I'm hungry. So when I'm hungry, watch out. So uh, I'm sure all of you watching know what I mean. Uh, but uh, first up is the, is the sad passing of Rush Limbaugh. Uh, you know, he was a fan of Judicial Watch, as, as were many other patriots and serious journalists who are concerned about what our government is up to. Uh, but uh, more importantly, Rush Limbaugh was a leader. And uh, he did more than probably a few, he did as much as any other American, let's put it this way, uh, to educate Americans about conservatism and the freedom it protects. And his leadership was essential uh, to helping preserve and protect our American Republic. And you know, I, knew, I didn't listen to him as much as I would have liked to. Uh, and, and when I would listen to him, I, I was always struck by someone who was uh, his brilliance in terms of being able to take cutting new uh, uh, breaking news and distill it and explain its importance in terms of what's really happening politically and from, an, uh, uh, and from a principled conservative perspective. And for him to do that off the cuff for day after day, three hours a day is just remarkable. And when he talked about talent being on loan from God, and he was a great example of the talent that God gives us, right, uh, in terms of being able to articulate our beliefs and protect, uh, the, I think, the godly principles that, uh, that uh, Mr. Limbaugh tried to protect. And uh, his, his ability to communicate was uh, really second to uh, few, I don't want to overstate it, uh, in uh, certainly modern uh, American life in terms of discussing public policy and as i said to hear him talk with directness humor insight on breaking news and 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 just you know how many of you tuned into rush just to say you know what should i be thinking about this story i don't have time to think it through but rush can and I tell you what—a what a remarkable person he was in that regard. I mean, I, I talk a lot. Uh, sometimes I want—I can barely get words out about things I'm following for years for Judicial Watch, and he could do things off the off the cuff that, as I said, were just remarkable. Uh, so it's a sad occasion uh, his passing. Uh, he was a great patriot, and and thank God, President Trump. Uh, had the the foresight and was brave enough because, you know, the establishment hated Rush uh, to award him the Medal of Freedom. Uh, That was a a well-timed and well-deserved. And I'm glad at least he was able to enjoy that celebration of his work and his life uh, just before he passed away. So um, bad news uh, for the Republic with the passing of Rush Limbaugh. But it's up to all of us also, though, uh, to keep on uh, communicating and defending American freedom and constitutional values and hopefully we can look at him about how to talk about it in a way that uh encourages others uh who uh share our beliefs and encourages others to come on our side uh, across the divide ideologically here in this uh, this great nation of ours so with that being said um you know rest in peace Rush Limbaugh and and I'm sure uh You know, my wife Kelly and I were just devastated by the loss, and I'm sure you're saddened by it as well. Uh, So, um, we'll be praying for him and his family, and his colleagues, who I'm sure are just terribly missing him right now. So, with that being said, uh, you know the battles continue. Uh, The uh, fight for uh, the rule of law continue here in Washington D.C. We, We continue to face this crisis where we have really a military occupation of capitol hill for what reason at this point i don't know uh the fencing around capitol hill is just uh a a stain on our nation's capital there's no reason for it Uh, we can think there are political reasons for it that the left has uh to show that their political opponents that's their thinking in my view uh are dangerous and need to be curtailed Uh, So they're abusing our military uh, by keeping them away from their families or other more useful activities uh, to protect them from uh, really a non-existent threat practically speaking in terms of the over the top requirements that have resulted in three miles of fencing that include razor wire around the US Capitol. And uh, the president thankfully was acquitted by uh, the Senate last week. Uh, I guess it was last week. I don't know if it was Saturday or Sunday. Uh, but what an abuse that was. Uh, the president of the uh, President Trump, who neither morally nor uh, legally incited violence, uh, was abused. He was the target of a snap impeachment that saw gave him no ability to defend himself in the House and they came into the Senate. And as I pointed out last week, uh, concocted evidence, doctored evidence using video and uh, uh, mislabeling video who know, uh, uh, also mislabeling tweets and other documentary evidence. So it was an abuse. Of the president's due process rights. Now I know it's a, you know it's it's impeachment. It's a trial of the Senate. So the constitutional rights don't apply. We're being told by the left, who supposedly supports civil liberties, of course that's not the case. And the president's lawyers, I think, did an effective job in highlighting the hypocrisy of the left in uh, pretending that using the word like fight. Is somehow uh, an indication that you want people literally to fight when you're talking about it metaphorically. I mean, the dishonesty was quite obvious. And in many ways, you know, we're, we're supposed to forget about it now because the left wants to move on, right? Except they want to keep on using the riot as an excuse to suppress and criminalize their political opposition. Nancy Pelosi wants a 9 11 style commission which to just raise alarm bells because the 9-11 Commission wasn't all that great in terms of either transparency or, uh, or the willingness to deal forthrightly with the national security concerns associated with the 9-11 attack. So they're not going to stop with impeachment in the sense that they will continue to uh, use the riot as a pretext to investigate and target their political opposition and suppress them and try to throw, throw them in jail where possible. I mean, that's, I mean, Mitch McConnell, uh, his statement after he acquitted, voted to acquit President Trump was a horrible. He basically said, I agree with the left that wants to target President Trump. I agree with the left that wants to target supporters of President Trump and those who are concerned about election integrity by suggesting what they said and did knowingly and foreseeably incited violence. So you know, this, isn't a bipart- this is a bipartisan threat we face, those of us who are concerned about free speech and free elections. There are members of both political parties who don't like what we say and are happy to see it suppressed. And uh, along those lines, you know, who needs a commission when you got Judicial Watch? You know, who can you trust? You can trust Judicial Watch. And along those lines, Judicial Watch has filed a freedom, it's not a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit, but it's an open records lawsuit against the Capitol Police for records of uh, the emails and videos of, of the of the uh, related to the attack. Now, conveniently, uh, Congress exempts itself from the Freedom of Information Act, so we're suing under the common law right of access to public records. We previously sued under that uh, theory of law uh, uh, when we sued Schiff, Adam Schiff, for records about his illicit. Uh, subpoena for President Trump's lawyers' phone records, Maria Giuliani, that he then published. Complete abuse of power, probably illegal. So we want the records, and we're, got, we're in federal court now to try to get the records. And we asked for the records from the Capitol Police, and we asked specifically for email communications. I'm going to read you what we asked for so you know what Judicial Watch is doing. You know, it's not just me getting up and coming over here and talking and yapping and talking about how angry I am because I'm hungry. We got staff and investigators and lawyers that work hard to try to get this information out and have to figure out ways to investigate and litigate against the most powerful government in history of man. So we saw email communications between the US Capitol Police uh, executive team and the Capitol Police Board which is the authority that oversees the police concerning the security of the Capitol on January 6, 2021? The time frame of this request is from January 1, 2021, through January 10, 2021. Email communications of the Capitol Police Board with the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the Department of Justice, Homeland Security, concerning the security of the Capitol on January 6, 2021. The time frame of this request is January 1st through January 10, 2021. All video footage from within the Capitol between 12 and 9 p.m. on January 6, 2021. What's the state secret that we can't see this material? There have been issues about why uh, there was no adequate security at the Capitol given the warnings they had. Uh, there's been debate, and you'll see it in the media, you can look it up, that uh, they tried to get approval for National Guard and other security and they were met with objections both internally on the Hill and externally um, um, within the uh, administration. What was going on? What intelligence were they getting? Was the FBI telling them? The FBI supposedly knew something was up. Did they tell the Capitol Police? And we asked for these records under the law and they said to us, the Capitol Police, that we have the letter, it's not subject to um, a quote. They're not public records, and the videos, especially. Why are they hiding them? You saw the impeachment power. Uh, the impeachment managers, the partisan politicians who were trying to abuse President Trump in the Senate, uh, used these videos for their own political devices. They manipulated them. They added audio to them that wasn't present. Yet we, the American people, can't see them? I don't think so. And practically speaking, who's responsible for the decision to keep this secret and can end it at the drop of a pen or a hat, whatever you want to call it? Nancy Pelosi. Chuck Schumer. So, what are Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer hiding? What? What? When was Nancy Pelosi briefed? What was she briefed about in terms of security? Are you curious about that? I am. The public has a right to know about how Congress handled the security, and what the videos show of the Capitol Hill riot. Now, you have people concerned that the police let some of the. some of the rioters in or just let some people in who weren't riding but just let them into the capitol like uh, contrary to the rules and other videos going to show violence and you know other upsetting activity but we have a right to see it don't you think hundreds of americans are being prosecuted about what went on here as i said earlier our national capital, the U.S. capital, is on, under military occupation. Thousands of troops there indefinitely at this point. And based on what happened there, they tried to impeach a president, but we can't see the documentary, the documentary evidence about what happened we got to wait for a commission. And even then, that's not a guarantee of transparency and disclosure. So this is what Judicial Watch is doing. We have a FOIA. uh, We have FOIAs on the outside agencies, and we have this lawsuit against Congress, the Capitol Police. And so we're not going to stop investigating what went on because we don't trust Nancy Pelosi to investigate it. Frankly, we don't trust any politician to investigate it. And in my experience, when they don't want to turn over information that easily can be turned over, it means they have something to hide. And so we'll see what the federal courts do. Uh, But this is why you support Judicial Watch, because this is the type of litigation that media doesn't want to do. Congress is completely obviously opposed to this. We're suing the Capitol Police, which is a branch of Congress. So we're coming in. We're doing the heavy lifting here to get information out about this um, this breach, this disturbance, that's being used to justify the targeting of 75 million Americans. So that's what we're doing. So, we also filed a lawsuit, and these are, these are lawsuits that I'm especially proud of because we get to represent in this case um, just a regular American citizen, a father, a patriot, a parent. It's David Flynn. He was a coach for Denham High School in Massachusetts and uh, his, uh, uh, his football coach. By all accounts, well loved, well respected. You know the sorts of. Uh, you know he's almost like a. Uh, he's almost like a. Um, the very the very image that you have of a football coach. You know someone who's loved by his players, just has the respect of the community. But he ran into uh, the 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 racialist left up there in Massachusetts. And we filed a federal lawsuit on his behalf because he was fired after objecting to the race based propaganda BLM critical race theory propaganda that was being taught his seventh grade daughter, and we filed a federal lawsuit against the school district that School schools district that. Fired him. His name is David Flynn. He's a a father. He and his wife, um, they have, uh, among their family, they had a child in seventh grade. And uh, he had been a football coach for Denham High School, I think, for 10 plus years. And he was removed uh, shortly after exercising his right as a citizen to raise concerns about his daughter's seventh grade High school curriculum being changed to include biased coursework on politics, race, gender equality and diversity. So it was all left wing propaganda. And and of course, they snuck this in. They didn't tell the parents. He said, what's going on? And boom, he gets fired. I guess that's not how the lawyers would describe it, but that's how I'm describing it was filed up in Massachusetts. We seek damages against the superintendent, the high school principal, and the high school athletic director for retaliating against Flynn for exercising his First Amendment rights. And this is what was going on in his daughter's class. In September, 2020, Flynn's daughter, Flynn's daughter's seventh grade history class, which is listed as world geography and ancient history. So this is world geography and ancient history. And they add in secretly, in a surprise way without informing the parents this left-wing propaganda the lawsuit explains in one assignment plaintiff's daughter coach Flynn's daughter was asked to consider various risk factors and mitigating factors the two people one identified as quote white and the other identified as quote quote, black purportedly might use to assess each other on a city street, including among the various factors were skin color, gender, age, physical appearance, and attire, black, aggressive language, and wrong neighborhood were among the risk factors purportedly assessed by the person identified as white. White and police officer were among the risk factors purportedly assessed by the person identified as black. Concerned about the abrupt change in the curriculum, Flynn and his wife contacted the history teacher and the principal of the school. On more than one occasion, the Flinns asked for assistance in resolving the issues with the curriculum. Ultimately, in October 2020, they said, we know what, we're going to remove our kids from the school, and they did. And this was their list of concerns. And let me read them to you and ask you if you find them to be unreasonable. And my guess is many of you listening to me now have probably had similar experiences or have had family members and friends who have faced similar experiences with the radical left agenda that's being now propagandized to our children in many of our nation's schools, both private and public. Needham High Public Schools changed the curriculum of the seventh grade history class without notifying parents or having a course description and syllabus available for parents to review. The new seventh grade history class curriculum contained cross containing cross coursework on politics, race, gender equality, and diversity that were not suitable for 12 and 13-year-olds. The seventh grade teacher not teaching topics of politics were, uh, was not teaching p- topics of politics, race, gender equality, and diversity objectively. And it doesn't mean you can't talk about these issues. It just means you have to at least uh, pretend to be neutral. Let me ask you if this sounds like being neutral. The teacher using a cartoon character of herself wearing a t-shirt supporting a controversial political movement, BLM. She had a BLM t-shirt on her cartoon avatar that she was using um, or a picture of her that she was using for, I guess, some of these classes. And the teacher used class materials that labeled, as I said, all police officers as risks to black people. And that all black males as risks to white people. How does that sound to you like unity? Sounds like a curriculum designed to sow racial hatred and discord to me. So what happened is in January, 2021, Flynn who had been the high school um, coach, football coach since, as I said, 2011, 10 years uh, could, uh, was called into the office of the leadership of the school district and handed Flynn, uh, they handed Flynn one of his emails complaining about this. And said, what are we going to do about this at the end of the meeting? Flynn was told that they were going in a different direction with, with the football player. And minutes later, they released a public statement stating that Flynn was removed as head football coach because he, quote, expressed significant philosophical differences with the directions, goals, and values of the school district. That's naked retaliation for his exercising his First Amendment protective speech as a parent. And it wasn't like he was going crazy about it or saying anything inappropriate. He's a professional. He knows what he's doing. As I said, he's a widely respected member of his community. This is the way he would talk in his emails. And this is the quote, the superintendent has had the opportunity to make sure the data school teachers conduct themselves as professionals and to teach the courses objectively and without biased opinions. He chose not to. I believe that the real men and women in the world are the ones who have the ability to compromise, especially in extremely controversial situations. Compromise allows people to experience experience life as a team. This is where unity brings individual pride together and relationships begin to strengthen. I believe all relationships are based on compromise. Does that sound to you like someone who you think should be fired from a high school football team? sounds to me like he should be in a leadership position in the school district frankly given his approach but that's the sort of language that got him fired really inappropriate the superintendent was not willing to compromise i explained to him that if the teacher teaches the course objectively and removes the blm logo the black lives matter logo from the class people will soon get over the fact that the class was purposely created Without notifying parents, without having a visible course curriculum syllabus and learning objective, apparently it does not mean much to him that the Dedham public school system is losing two wonderful students, his his kids that he took out, he and his wife took out. So Judicial Watch asked that the court uh, award him damages. There have been several rallies that have been held by current and former students since. He was fired. One former football player who uh, who had uh, coach Flynn as a coach said everyone loves coach. He gets kids to play football. Coach Flynn is an awesome guy and we're all devastated that they fired him. So as I say in my quote cancel culture has come to the football field. Coach Flynn was fired for exercising his exercising his constitutional rights to object to, as a citizen and a father, to an extremist and racially inflammatory school curriculum in his child's history class. So we just filed the lawsuit this week. Uh, we're represented by a local attorney, uh, Andrew uh, Coulter of um, Leominster, Massachusetts. So I appreciate his help in this regard. So we got a legal team here in Washington D.C. We've got our local counsel up in. Massachusetts and uh, and we got the support obviously of the community there, we'll see what the courts do. Uh, and I hope the school district does the right thing here. Legally, I'm not sure what that's going to be because we're in the middle of a lawsuit, but there's been a lot of public attention to this since we brought it up, but this is a big issue. This critical race theory is fundamentally Marxist and communist. It uh, should not be, uh, 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 taught in the schools in the way that it's being taught here in the least. It's racialist. It attacks and categorizes people based on race. I mean, when I say the left, the left does not believe in racial equality. They don't. They say they oppose racial discrimination, but they don't. You see this in this type of curriculum. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. I don't need to tell you it goes on in our government, this type of training, it goes in in our corporations, this type of training. It's only accelerated because of the refusal of our cultural class and our economic and political leadership to stand up to the uh, Black Lives Matter movement. And when I say Black Lives Matter movement, I mean a Marxist communist hatred for America that smears America as systemic racist. Joe Biden believes it. Most left-wing politicians believe it. Most corporations mouth it. And it's being incorporated and as, as Coach Flynn pointed out, secretly in our nation's schools. So I tell you what, if you have a child, a school-aged child or a grandchild, you might ask what they're being taught about these issues. And just just be sure that you're aware of it. Leftist indoctrination, indoctrination is permeating our schools, and it's not just public schools. It's not just public schools. It's private schools as well unless you're on the watch as a parent or a grandparent or an interested citizen whose tax dollars are being misused to indoctrinate innocent children uh, they're going to do it they're going to do it and even if you object they'll do it in the case of coach when you object you get fired as a coach so you can see a good reason to be upset about this type of thing um I want to talk briefly about immigration before I go, because the crisis continues. President Biden's assault on the rule of law and immigration enforcement is accelerating. Uh, At least they went through um, they were at least legislatively trying to rush through uh, and push through amnesty for virtually every illegal alien here in the United States that was uh, presented in Congress by the Biden administration's allies this week. So it would be amnesty for virtually everyone here no security. It used to be, oh, security first, amnesty later. No, they don't, they don't even pretend to believe in, in, in secure borders anymore. Right now, Joe Biden as, uh, is letting asylum seekers who were waiting in Mexico to have their asylum claims verified, which most of which shouldn't be verified in my view, under the, Biden, uh, the Trump administration's reform of the program. Now Biden's letting them in and it'll begin processes and the asylum claims here. You know what happens is, and I think the numbers were 90 plus percent of those who show up for asylum hearings or have asylum hearings set, 90% of them or whatever the number is, it's, it's an overwhelming supermajority, 80 to 90%, I think. Don't show up. So you may have seen news about asylum seekers being allowed into the United States after the horror of President Trump's rules that stopped the abuses. So now practically speaking, the borders open to asylum seekers, at least in that regard. And he's doubling down on this effort to stop deportations and enforcement, interior enforcement of our nation's immigration laws. only people with aggravated felonies, which means that 80 to 90% of the criminal aliens in jail for crimes won't get deported under Biden. They're not court of priority, which means they'll never get deported, practically speaking, at least for 90 days. And you can bet that's gonna be perpetual. I thought a court had had, um, stopped that enforcement lack of enforcement, I'm not sure how this new plan works. It's just a variation of the old plan they had, which was two or three weeks ago, but they're not gonna slow down. Do you think we should have secure borders? Do you think people here illegally should get a free pass to stay here illegally? What do you tell us a person who comes the next day? Too late, you're a sucker, you follow the rules. And the children that they supposedly were concerned about, by opening up the borders and making them more secure, they will encourage more drug, well yes, more drug trafficking and human trafficking that involves children. And parents or adults who use children to get in across the border illegally as a vehicle to do so because they know they'll get treated differently by the Biden administration, they're trafficking their own kids. Engaging with using them to commit a crime. Potentially in the hopes of getting to stay here permanently. And can you blame them? Because what's the consequence? The consequence is if the Biden policies are affected, there will be no consequence. So he's effectively providing amnesty with no vote by Congress, because this big amnesty bill that they're proposing to Congress is unlikely to pass. You know what I think is remarkable, and I've I've made this observation before, but I haven't recently, and I think it's worth repeating. I think one of the biggest political stories of, I think, the last 20 years is the failure of Congress to pass amnesty, despite the overwhelming desire of the business uh, and political establishment to get it passed. It shows you how unpopular it is that Congress, which was nothing more than to pass amnesty, can't get it passed. It's because the voters don't support it. And I mean voters, I mean Democrat and Republican voters don't support amnesty. Otherwise, it would have been passed. And I think it's remarkable it hasn't been passed and frankly, it should hearten you that it hasn't been passed. That's why Obama had to use his backdoor amnesty schemes and that's why Biden has been doing it. And as I said, Judicial Watch has the litigation going on against sanctuary cities in California. Freedom of Freedom of Information Act request out there now on Biden's efforts to undermine immigration law and more is coming. So judicial watch is gonna stand on the wall, get up there and defend the rule of law. And I encourage you to let your, your, your elected officials know what you feel, how you feel about this immigration issue. Because there's a big push from the media, a big push from the Biden administration. And believe me, there are more than a few Republicans, as I said, the Chamber of Commerce, U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and some other major Republicans who would like nothing more than to push amnesty. And I have this, I have this odd approach to immigration reform. It's an old-fashioned approach to immigration reform, enforce the rule of law. Trump understood that. So we're facing this border crisis that it's even the Washington Post acknowledge it popped up. It's getting worse and worse on the border, thanks to Biden's policies, you know, and buried in the story. They talk about, well, they, they're picking up all these extra legal immigrants, which shows you there's increased activity. And they said that doesn't even count the thousand people or so that those folks picking up law enforcement see walk across the border, but they can't get to. And that's, again, just the tip of the iceberg. I encourage you to read my op-ed in the Hill this week where I talk about how Joe Biden is, uh, his policies are so dangerous to our nation, our public health, our security, and how they undermine the rule of law. And we'll have a link to it down in the um, uh, down below or somewhere around this video or you could just google Judicial Watch Tom Fittman, and the hill and you should be able to get the opinion of course they're on our website as well so there's a lot of work to, do, to be done and Judicial Watch is stepping up to do it we have new lawsuits new investigations and we're continuing to push for truth justice and the American way so thank you very much for your support and we'll be here t- next week on the Judicial Watch weekly update. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.